0: Welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin. I'm here with Jason and a very special guest with us today, Mr. Vince Venturella. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Very good to be here. Uh, Happy to be with both of you. Yeah. Good to have you.
0: So yeah yeah you are a man who probably amongst our audience needs little introduction uh, I think most of our folks in the discord have learned how to prime their models from you <laughs> I have sent I've sent that video to so many people in our discord uh it's it's kind of hilarious at this point so everybody talks about you know how how we're using our painting technique so um, for those of you in our audience that don't know who Vince Ventorella is um he is the. Creator of the hobby cheating video series, he also hosts the weekly Warhammer series. He is a master miniature painter that teaches all over the country at um, many of the different cons and um, other other places as well. And uh, I, I don't know what don't you do, Vince? What don't you do?
1: Well, and also, I mean, relevant to this one, I write books with Uncle Adam right. from Tabletop Minions. Uh, so, and, and you know, that's obviously going to be perked into the conversation. But you're right. Uh, idle hands are the devil's play thing. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta stay busy and, uh, I don't have kids and I'm a, I am i do not sleep that much. So there we go. Lots of, lots of time to fill. Yeah. <laughs> That's a question.
2: Do you, do you obviously play games? Cause you wrote one that we're going to talk about today. So yes. it, it's good to see that, uh, it's, you know, not just the, uh, hobbying side of the industry too, but also, uh, you know, playing the games and throwing dice on the table. So we'll talk about that today. Excited to get into
1: that. Hundred percent. I mean, I've I've been a gamer for my entire life, long before it was cool. It's become very trendy to be nerdy now, but uh, like many, I I my nerdiness goes far back uh, to long before it was the 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 cool thing to do. It didn't it didn't get you in with the cool kids. Yeah, uh, and I can talk about all that later on. But yes, yes, very much so. Yeah, I think you you could say that you know that my gaming
2: goes back as far as when I had to actually hide my source books from my parents because they thought I was, <laughs> <Sure>. you know... <laughs> It'll say panic panic. Deeper things, yeah. Yeah,
1: sure. Uh,
0: my, my gaming only goes back to uh, after I got married, and I really got into it. My wife said, you have been hiding this inner nerdiness from me, and I was sold a false bill of sale. Oh, boy. You know? <laughs> <No>? <laughs> I said, yeah, well, you get what you get now. So, um, But also, I wanted to say, Vince, congratulations. 400 hobby cheating videos recently. Um, that is, that is an impressive feat. That is a lot of videos.
1: It is. And of course, you know, that's just the hobby cheating side of it of, you know, obviously mm-hmm. there's, we've, we've also done, uh, you know, we weekly now, every Wednesday, I haven't missed a Wednesday in nine years. So I, wow. I have some pride over that, uh, you know, and I, I do have a schedule that requires me to travel often for work and stuff like that. So it's always planning around it and lots of things like that. And, and, uh, fun times, but I mean, I take it, it's just i take it seriously i take having this channel seriously and and i want to respect the people who are nice enough to to watch my stuff to like my stuff to share my stuff to do everything like that um it means the world to me every view every person every comment every like is is incredible and still uh, uh you know truly rewarding to me to this very day um so i i feel like it's uh, the the uh, it, it comes from a place of love is what I'll say. Like I love teaching. I love sharing information, all that kind of stuff. And so that's, this is really the outlet. Um, When I was younger, I won't say how young, cause it's probably too old, but I watched pump up the volume. Are you familiar with this movie? Nice. This Christian yes. Slater classic. Okay.
0: <laughs> very good So classic. I watched
1: this. Absolutely. This is like, this is an all timer for me. Okay. I watched that movie like a hundred times. And You know, he has this pirate radio station, and when I was young, I'd be like, "This is it. This is what I want to do. I want to make a pirate radio station and talk hard." You know, Uh and uh, I've 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 probably softened some in my uh, need to get in sort of pick fights or or touch sensitive, you know, issues. But uh, then they created YouTube, and I was like, "Oh, never mind. No more. Don't (laughs) even anymore. We're good. We're all set. Even better now."
0: So That's there awesome. You go. That's awesome. Well, uh I, I I'm going to give you a little bit of my fanboy moment here. I told you I was going to do it before the show, but it was 2018. I was running a Shadow of the Demon Lord RPG campaign and I wanted to start putting miniatures on the table. And as I was looking around miniatures, I said, "Well, none of these come painted. I'm like this is kind of weird, you know, cuz the ones I really liked were coming from Games Workshop that worked sure. for that setting, right? And so I said, well, I've got to learn how to paint. So um, I decided to take a class at the Nova Open, not play there. I'd never even played any of the war games that were being offered there. But I decided to take a painting class. And I think the very first one I took was Battle Damage, which is a hilarious first one to take, right? Yeah, battle- sure. Yeah, like jumping right into the intermediate advanced techniques there, right? Um, yeah, yeah.
1: That's very funny. <laughs>
0: battle damage from uh from your, yours truly right there right uh vince and um and uh it was a, like an opening moment like i i remember like rubbing my finger over the knee pad of that marine after we painted it thinking that there was gonna be texture there right with the way that it looked and it was just like wow this is great but there was a moment in there where you're like hey everybody i'm vince ventrella maybe you know me from my hobby cheating video and i was like I I have no idea who this guy is, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. I just, I signed up because there was like space in that one class. And I was just excited to do anything, painting. I spent the whole weekend taking classes just to, you know, because I was loving it. And it was just so funny because I'm like, I have no idea who this guy is. And then like, I go back, of course, and like, look you up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, look at all this stuff, you know? (laughs) But it was pretty funny, so. That was my my first experience with your class.
1: That's why I always say, you probably know me, but if you don't, and then I introduce myself, right? Because you never know. Like, it's a con. People just sign up for classes. And it's not like I'm so, I mean, I have no delusions about my, my pseudo fame in the miniature nerd space. Like, I'm not George Clooney or something, right? Where if you're like, you don't know who George Clooney is? What's the matter with you? Or, you know, whatever. Pick your favorite celebrity, right? Like, I'm not that. I'm just some guy you know, just some guy in a basement. That's all I am. It's nothing special. So I, I if I can teach and, and make the class fun, then hopefully it doesn't matter who I am,
0: right? Yeah. It just it just matters that the class is
2: fun. Well, most of us are just dudes in a basement, anyways, just having a good right. time. Right?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. yeah. Exactly. Totally. So, but we are, um, you know, we're we're happier here. We're happy you are such a Renaissance man because we um, picked up your majestic thirteen game and we've been taking a look at it and we are excited to talk about it so but before we get to that let's get to our uh geek week so Jason why don't you kick us off with geek week
2: dude i finally played cities and nights catan cities and nights like this is this is one of those games i had a game night at a buddy's house this weekend this is one of those games where, like, people are like Catan, right? Everybody's played Catan, right? Like, I've played it. So once it's in the, my game,
1: life. the game of our generation, the greatest yes. game of our generation. That's what the truck at Gen Con says.
2: I have, right. <laughs> That's right. I, I played it one time in my life because every time you go to a board game night, everyone brings all their board games. they like, hey, there's Catan. Hey, let's play Catan. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we've all played Catan. Let's play a different game. And so Gen- I, like, never got it on the table. Well, finally, it, uh, this, this time, uh, a couple people didn't show up, and it was just three of us. And like, well, what do we got to do? And this one guy's like, well, I only have, like, another two hours. And so they're like, well, we could play Cities and nights. I was like, yes, let's play Cities and nights. And so we played it. Uh, and a uh, fun game, man. Uh, you know, it's the kind of game that uh, doesn't have a crazy theme on top of it. So it's not a theme that would scare people away, like some of my other games, right? Like Deep Madness or... Or, um, you know, or the Arkham stuff or any of that, that, you know, my, my wife kind of steers, steers away from that stuff. But uh, uh, I, I'm just glad that I finally got to put that thing on the table and the Cities and Nights expansion. I've heard a lot of good stuff about. Um, and, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I would say I can't really judge it relative to the other expansions because I obviously haven't played the game much, but, but fun time. Have you played Cities and Nights, Justin?
0: I haven't. I've only played oh, the base well, game of Catan. So you weren't so, there. Yeah, I need to try it. Yeah, I need to try it. What about you, Vince? Have you tried that game?
1: Pure Cones of Dunshire only for me. <laughs> know, stick to. Yeah. Uh, it's about no, the I Cones. Mean, it's about build, the yeah. Cones.
2: Civilization.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'll be honest. Catan doesn't interest me that much. I just don't like it. I played it one time and never really stuck. Uh, I mean, this last, like, was it two weeks ago... Obviously, if you'll if you'll allow if you'll permit me to go a little bit farther back than just the last week, since I wasn't here last week, yeah. so
0: yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Um, but we we got a good game in of one of, of like my favorite board game of all time, favorite second favorite doesn't matter. It's in there, it's in there, uh, which is Dune. So this is the original Dune, mm-hmm. the one that was mm-hmm. uh, printed in like seventy two originally, and then was recently re released, not the dumbed down simplified version for babies, the one that's actually still like that was just the the true re release. Mm-hmm. Uh this is one of my favorite games ever made. It realizes I'm a huge Dune fan. Um read the books and yeah, watched all the movies, the original David Lynch movie. I have like a unreasonable love for. And um That is
0: unreasonable, Vince.
1: Oh, I, I own the <laughs> I own the bootleg VHS long cut that was only shown in Mexico with all the extra footage before the edit. <laughs> when I say I'm a fan, okay, back off. Like I mean. I, I could we could just start right now on the rest. of This podcast could be could be me just reciting the dialogue from the David Lynch movie in order, in character of everything. OK, but let's not do that. <laughs> but anyways, the point is, is that I play that game. If you haven't played that, that's like a tremendously good, highly political board game. It's absolutely fantastic. Lots of orthogonal win conditions mm-hmm. uh, nice. every every like, every faction has their own specific way they're trying to win. Some of yeah, them directly yeah, yeah. are against no. each other. Some aren't. It's very, 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 very political. You can sell any piece of information. So, like, everything's for sale. Everything's capitalism. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Like, I cannot recommend it enough. One of my all-time favorites. I tend to like those kinds of um, mm-hmm. political talky games. Like, something where it's not... Where, where you're... Your wheeling and dealing at yeah. the the table has some impact on your overall success, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, very cool. I yeah. I I've, did you being a Dune fan? Have you seen the um, the Dune that never was by uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky?
1: I don't know how to say that guy's last name. Yeah, Jodorowsky. Yeah, Jodorowsky. Jodorowsky. Did I've you see that it. documentary? I did. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, it would have been insane. Insane. Yeah. Oh my gosh like just acidy trip (laughs) total lunatic nonsense yeah (laughs) but i mean i'm sad it didn't get made it wouldn't have done well it it wouldn't have but it would be like it would have bombed horribly and then we probably would have never got the david lynch one which i would be sad about but it like it would have been a weird cult movie that i would be that i would have watched a hundred times as well no no doubt in my (laughs) mind okay
2: yeah if you if you haven't seen that documentary it's you got to see it to see how trippy that guy's mind is. Where he would have gone with it, where he would have gone with Dune, and what he was. You think what he's picturing when he's reading that book? You're like, whoa, okay.
1: Uh, he's he got was, an imagination. I'll give it to him. Like I like yeah. to think I have a pretty good imagination. Um, you know, like I, uh, I like for example, I I do play lots of role playing games. Never use miniatures with role playing games. Hate miniatures yeah. with role playing games. I'm a, I'm a total theater of the mind guy. Theater of the mind. Yep. Yeah. I mean that just comes out of starting to play in the 80s when like that was just I don't know, that was the as was the style at the time. And uh you know, that's not a judgment by the way. People can use miniatures. I don't care. It's you do you, whatever makes you happy. But um I like so I like to think I have some competent imagination, but man, that dude, nope. <laughs> nope.
0: Maybe it's yep, drug yep. drug fueled, you know. There's a I lot mean, of
2: drug fueled weird, say, you know, late '60s, early '70s stuff out there. Sure, yeah, sure. I guess yeah. that was
0: do, late '60s. But yeah. Vince, do you like where uh, Dennis Vil- uh, Villeneuve has taken uh, Dune?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's a it's a it's a fantastic realization of the the source material. Um, I mean, I don't know how deep you want to go on this. Yes, I have lots of opinions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh <laughs> we appre- like rabbit sh- holes, Vince. Well, sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I appreciate all the I'll keep this simple. I appreciate all the extra focus on Duncan. Um, that was a character that's quite quintessential to the overall book mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very short drifted in the Lynch version. I mean, he shows up for like mm-hmm. five seconds, repeats six words, and then disappears, and then gets shot in the head. Um, and you you don't get all of the extra good stuff with with him, right? Um so I was happy to see him t- have, a, have a have a much larger role. Um, I was sad to see the role of Doctor Huey diminish so much because I do like Doctor Huey as a character mm-hmm. and, and think he's really interesting and compelling. And obviously, um, uh, what's the name of the actor? Uh, sh- 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 I, he's from Quantum Leap, the guy who played him in 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 original. David Lynch student was yeah 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 oh gosh Maxwell or name? something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Dean Stockwell. Okay, there it Dean- is stockwell I got there yes people yelling at your screen and your phone I got there just wait
0: Slippy, okay? slappy samsonite yeah, was on <laughs> the so close
1: yeah. exactly yeah well, no well. It's,
0: it's been great uh one of my favorite spin-offs of that is the um elmo um with the uh with the sister scene oh yeah i don't know if you saw that clip i of no. course I did yes
1: I am also <laughs> a huge Muppet nerd all right, okay. like that's another I have all of the seasons of the Muppets uh on DVD. I refuse to let those go. I have all of them included watch the commentary tracks for all the seasons that had commentary. Uh big Muppet fan. Uh I wrote uh like a four like was it maybe four or ten pages as a joke. Might may I tell a quick story? Maybe absolutely maybe This, this is
0: I'm sucked in now.
1: Okay,
2: so <laughs> I... we're gonna retitle this episode Ramblings with Vince.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: sure, sure. This, this, this is you're getting me going. So here we go. So Mr. Mephisto, he's a friend of mine and he does this annual stream for for mental health charity. Okay. So he's he streams for like 24 or 36 hours straight, mm-hmm. like on mm-hmm. Twitch. Yeah. Constantly. He's just there the whole time. And he yeah, has yeah, guests yeah. rotate in every hour. So every, there's like different hour blocks or two hour blocks or something. I don't remember how long it is, but basically guests in and out from different channels and friends and stuff like that. So I had a block and talked with them and hung out for a couple hours. And then I, I the the Rerolling Ones guys, another AOS channel were in after me. So they came on and then I was listening to their, their hour because I had just, uh, you know, gotten off. So I was listening to them talk and they were telling a story about how they had ordered some like plastic, uh, condition markers for a game yeah like plus one to hit yeah. or stunned sure. or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you know this is what it was supposed to be they ordered them and when they got the the bag it just got a bag of plastic tokens that said like muppets evolved that was it, it wasn't what they ordered which just a giant bag of plastic tokens that said muppets evolved wow wonder what okay. that was for and so they're discussing that and and then they were like, what what game would this have been for? And so I was there and I was like, hey, if you guys get up to this amount of donation in this hour, I'll write a game, right, for uh. <laughs> Muppets Evolved and we'll play it on stream. And they did get to that donation level. So I wrote like, obviously I didn't publish this because I don't want to get sued by Disney. But just like for funsies, I wrote a 10 or 12 page game, role playing game about uh Muppets in the post-apocalypse uh, like the like the as as they called it the handed ones had <laughs> uh had died in some form of apocalypse and now only those of the only the children of the fluff still roamed the 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 desert wasteland so like wow. Mad Max meets the Muppets wow okay. and uh all of the original Muppets had become like gang leaders and legends you know scattered across the country <laughs> you know so they, they had control of different parts of it like uh you know you had um you, you had just like different all, all the different like individual muppets being sort of dividing up the country and taking over and so hmm. you, you know the rest of the muppets mm-hmm. had to find their way in this space so yeah there you go
0: i feel like cookie monster would definitely be like based in chicago somewhere right That makes like, sense sure yeah midwest guy i think midwest think yeah cookie for sure.
1: we, we love cookies up here. Wherever, <laughs> wherever the famous Amos factory is, I think, probably. I don't know.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Well, do you have anything else you want to share for Geek Week, Vince? Did you, you do anything else?
1: Playing a lot of games, you know. I, I play D&D every week. I've played new 40K. Got the first new 40K oh. uh, 10th edition game in this last week. So that was a lot of fun. Very excited do you about like the, the new, new rules? edition. I do. I do. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. They've simplified things a lot, which I enjoyed. I, I like simple. And... Mm-hmm. I want simple, um, and it, this it felt pretty good. So, um, painting up some uh, a little towel force for that as well. So, kind of on the side. That's my that's my fun palette cleanser project in between. Uh, cool. Just just did actually my test model as as of the day we're recording this.
0: Oh, that's very cool. I mean, from what I see, I'm hobby cheating. The only model you paint is uh, is an ogre, you know, like correct, just over and over again just the same ogre
1: (laughs) he's right there There he's always by my side that's That's the guy (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's never far away he sits right here next to me on my desk
0: yeah (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome yeah i'm i'm curious about uh 40k 10th i kind of got into it when ninth came around and i realized it's 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 too complicated for my smooth brain i'll stick with aos and you know, and the, and the 40 K universe, I mean, the lore sucked me in still. So we play kill team and, um, you know, it's a little bit easier on my dad's schedule as well. So. Totally
1: understandable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we decided we're going to play pretty cash. Just use the indexes, play a thousand points when we play, you know, keep Mm -hmm. it, keep it simple. Um, and it's fine. We're, 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 we're pretty, pretty, uh, I don't actually drink, but we're pretty beer and pretzels. Like if, if that makes sense.
0: So. Yeah, very good. Very good. Well, My Geek Week consisted of me playing a lot of Diablo 4 with my daughter. Um, she's 16, so we've been doing couch co-op. And um, just before Diablo 4 came out, we were uh, running you know, the, the final D3 season that they had, and we kind of leveled up our characters. And so as soon as Diablo 4 came out, she was super... Super into getting getting going, so she's been playing a rogue class, and I've been playing a barbarian class, and we've been exploring the wilds of of uh, the world of Diablo. So it's been it's been a lot of fun.
1: Barb rogue classic classic. Fawford and the gray Mauser combination always right? uh, always a powerhouse combo. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, she
0: she gets mad at me, though, because I die a lot. And I'm like, well, what do you expect? Like, I'm in the middle of all of it. And She's just like shooting from far away, you know, it's pretty
2: (laughs) funny, because we'll I'll jump in on a will jump in a game remotely. And I can hear her sitting on the couch next to you through your mark saying father, father, (laughs) father. (laughs) Somebody's driving that co-op experience.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, but we're having a great time. This is, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Unfortunately, my painting has suffered because of it, you know, and, uh, uh the that's why I put video
1: me. games down. You can't paint like, video games are the destruction of time. But <laughs> my last Diablo was Diablo 2 when we were running, oh, wow. you know, hardcore, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. that's, that's been many years yeah. now.
0: Yeah, cool. it's all, it's all good. We, we, we have a good time with it. And I figure if I'm playing with my daughter, it's not, uh, You know it's not me just mindlessly sitting on the couch and uh you know oh it's good good. no that's for sure
1: perfectly justified it's a good bonding experience legitimately those those are good memories yes that is a good use of your time
0: (laughs) definitely definitely so yeah sounds like a pretty good geek week all around um let's uh let's talk about our main topic which is the majestic thirteen. So I had a background that I wanted to put up there that said I want to believe, but it wasn't saying well, so it's very good. Vince, this is kind of apropos for our time right now. I don't know if you it watched is. the news lately, yeah, yeah. but you guys released the game, I think, within days of a U.S. military official a uh, whistleblower that sounds that, that may be the most legit whistleblower in the history of ufo whistleblowers yeah to step forward and talk about secret ufo programs that the u.s government has been doing for years now so before we get into your game we have to we have to ask the question vince do you believe
1: do i believe there's aliens Yes. Yeah. Of course, there's aliens. Like, yes, of course, there's life elsewhere in the universe. Like, <laughs> right. Like, yes. I mean, obviously, the universe is so impossibly large. Like, yeah. it's it is wild. Like, our our piddly little human brains can't even comprehend like how big the universe is. Right. Like, uh, like it, it's 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 uh, life could be rare. Life could be common. I don't know. It could still be very hard to find we exist in, in a very short little span of time, like the hundred plus years we've been actually looking to the skies with any kind of like reasonable ability to detect what's out there um, is, is nothing that's a blip on the 16 billion year history of the, the cosmos. Right. So. Then do you um, believe in UFOs here yes. on our planet? I mean, I'm open to it. I, honest, my honest answer is I don't know.
0: Mm. Like
1: okay. I don't, I, I'm not going to say like, uh, I definitely think it's all nonsense, or I definitely think it's it's real. I mean, I know I believe that the government said we, you know, we we see stuff and we don't know what it is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, do I believe in unidentified flying objects? That definition, yes, because the like military senior officials sure. and, and yeah. tons of other sources yeah. have said like, yeah, that's all real. We don't know what those are, you know. But like, that could be time travelers or dimensional travel <laughs> yeah, or no. space aliens. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I mean, like, yeah but let's not jump to conclusions here. It could be everything we covered on in search of with Leonard Nimoy. Right. Like it right. doesn't have to necessarily be aliens. Um But yeah. Yeah. I believe that, that the universe is a big thing and we only, we, we know very little of it. So I, I try to keep an open mind on all that, but it's, I I've always been fascinated by alien mysteries. Right. right. Um, like, I, I mentioned the Leonard Nimoy thing, but that's very real. Like, I grew up watching In Search of with Leonard Nimoy, and I just thought that was like the coolest show. And then Unsolved Mysteries and X Files, and uh, you know, all the way through to Ancient Aliens and everything else today, right? Like, I love all that stuff. I like, I could, we could do a whole pod, I could write a whole thing, or we could go do a whole podcast on the money pit up in uh, up in in uh, Nova Scotia or whatever. I don't know if you're familiar uh-huh. with this particular little piece of lore, but love all these little weird things and places in the world it's fascinating
0: so it's funny you mentioned unsolved mysteries because that is like my guilty pleasure you said you've watched dune like a million times i watch unsolved mysteries all the time and my wife always says fold your laundry you gotta fold your laundry that's the show that comes on when i'm folding laundry and the thing that i take away from that show is that i really believe that Amnesia was going to be a real problem for us when we grew up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, it's the
1: quicksand paradigm, right? Every cartoon exactly. people <laughs> are thinking in quicksand and getting hit by anvils. Then you become an adult, and it's just not as common. Yeah, yeah, amnesia everywhere in uh, in unsolved in <laughs> mysteries. Yeah. I
0: know, I love it. I'm just like, this is so crazy, you know. And the reenactors are like my favorite part of it too, you know. So, yeah. Anyway, but um, that was that was a little side tangent. But um, yeah, so I grew up in Nevada. That's where uh, my stomping grounds were. And my father was the hunter education coordinator for the state of Nevada. So if you wanted a hunting license, you had to take a, you know, a class to get trained and stuff like that. And he was the coordinator for all of those teachers, right? He worked for the state of Nevada, uh, making sure that everybody got their materials and all that stuff. Well, one of his instructors was a guy named Don Kaminsky, and he was the head of security of Area 51. Sure. And out there just outside of Tonopah, Nevada. And all the time we'd be like, so what's out there? And he'd say stuff. And we're like, what kind of stuff? And he's like, secret government stuff. You know, and, and yeah. you know, of course we got the line, you know, if I told you I'd have to kill you, yada, yada, yada. Um, but it, it was interesting growing up in Nevada at the time because they closed – the federal government ended up closing all of the peaks – that were around the groom lake area 51 base for like you couldn't hike up there anymore because people were going up there with their giant sports telescope yeah, you sure, know telescopic sure. lenses and just snapping pictures of everything that they were doing down there and um of course no alien crash was caught on those cameras before they closed sure. the peaks but afterwards they were flying everywhere of course you know um turns out they were you know doing test flights for the b2 bomber at the time You know, and and of course, to everybody, like that was a super unidentified flying Mm -hmm. object because nobody had seen something, you know, in the in the stealth fighter as well. Like nobody had seen anything like that. So um, it's just it's just kind of funny because I agree with you. I think that there are lots of UFOs that you that we don't know what they are, but doesn't have to mean they're extraterrestrial. Right. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Should should I lay down what exact why we're talking about aliens so much? Yes, absolutely. This is the time. All right. So obviously this is the Majestic 13. It's the newest game from Uncle Adam and myself from uh, Mm -hmm. Snarling Badger Studios. It is a uh, covert uh, uh, asymmetrical skirmish war game, solo co-op and versus modes where you uh, lead a a team of sort of uh, brave defenders of the earth. Uh, So you've got uh, a five member, you know, sort of military adjacent squad, highly trained special force. It's going out and hunting down alien monsters that are seeking to uh, sow chaos. Uh, it uses sort of a programmatic mission generation system. The uh, aliens all run on AI. There are different types of aliens. They all have their own AI. Uh, and then every so often, uh, a story mission will interject itself based on your sort of team rating as you progress through your campaign. And the uh, the, the members of Force, which is the, the name that's been assigned to the sort of alien intelligence behind this uh, by the governments uh, will will sort of attack you, ambush you, mm. attack you in your base and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, full, you know, like it's got everything you would expect. You design your uh, design and build out your team, choose your faction, which provides different bonuses, pick your equipment. Um, you get to, there's a base building element to it. Um, so for people who maybe have like an XCOM background or stuff like that, it kind of mm. can scratch that itch. As I mentioned, there's a full campaign mode to it. And it's 30 different monsters in the books all with their sort of own unique actions. They all play very differently. So each one sort of represents a, a different challenge you're going to run into over the course of a campaign. So there you go. There's the, there's the back That's of the, the top line. Bit.
0: Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So um, you, t- you hit on a couple of things that I think that we want to talk about first, which is like, we're, we're the inspiration that you pulled from this XCOM. You know, X Files. I guess, like, um, where where are you pulling from a, a lot of this?
1: Yeah, everything is really a short answer. Now, I'll I'll, I'll be honest. There's not like I'm glad that that people that, like a lot of people said it scratches the XCOM vibe. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that because I don't know anything about XCOM other than what I've absorbed <laughs> awesome. in like the zeitgeist from just it being a mm-hmm. popular game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's just not a video game I ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, never have have zero experience with that game but like, I understand, you know, sort of what happened in it. And, and I feel like a lot of those things are, are just sort of what makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, so, but yeah, that X-Files, men in black, alien conspiracy theories, all this kind of stuff. The, the, you mentioned sort of area 51 and Roswell and all of these mm-hmm. kinds of things. Right. Um, but our inspiration was actually a different incident. So in the book, the, uh, the originating incident, and this is like a quote-unquote real incident, as it were, um, comes out of an, an earlier alien crash that I find much more interesting than than something like Roswell. I think Roswell just got sort of publicized and has, has entered the, the public consciousness. Uh-huh. But in Missouri, there's a place called Cave Uh And in 1941, there was this very interesting situation where a craft uh, allegedly crashes there. Um, two of the, they're supposed to have three, Crew members, three aliens, two of them are dead, uh, one of them is still alive, and a local priest gets a call from the sheriff. Says, "Hey, we had an airplane crash. You got to get down here and deliver last rites to one of the pilots before he dies." It's a very religious town. It's a small town. Uh-huh. You know, this is the, this is 1941. we remember we're right pre entering in World War II. There's a lot of fear and trepidation of what's happening. You know, is this like some some German? you know operation or something like that right so the priest goes down there and he sees it's a crashed alien spaceship and the sheriff and the other deputies are around and they're like they they're holding up the alien and like you know sort of taking pictures or like simple pictures of what they could at the time and uh he walks up to the alien that's still alive and you know performs the last like like christian last rites over this thing and then allegedly it passes away and the government shows up and kind of hushes up the whole thing Um, and everybody sort of went along with it because again, it was right. Like this is on the eve of, of us entering into world war Mm -hmm. II, Right. So obviously the news very quickly shifted to Pearl Harbor and things like that. This is just a few months before that. And it's such a fascinating incident because this really stays pretty, like the locals know about it. It's a story that if you grew up in that area, you're, I'm sure you were familiar with, but it really didn't get popularized until much later on when the, uh, daughter, of the priest recounts to a reporter basically her dad's deathbed confessional like on on her that so on the, the priest on his deathbed he brings his daughter in and tells her this whole story because he had been sworn to secrecy at the scene and he hadn't he hadn't done it he was a you know, sort of, uh, uh you know like he man of his word as it were yeah and but he on his deathbed he tells her the whole story she writes it all down contacts a reporter not too much longer and, and and puts together this whole story. And you can read the whole book. It's fascinating. I just thought it was such an interesting place to start the story. Cause in in our imaginary world, in in, you know, again, because this isn't like built off of anything real. Um, in our imaginary world version of this, that alien lives and then explains that like he's, you know, what we would call a gray, right? And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, actually I'm some of the, I'm one of the last of my my kind. We're fleeing here. There's some of us. I can get the rest of them together. We need your help. There's an there's a there's this alien force that's coming hence why then they then just named it force right and they're coming to earth next and and i i can help you if you can help me right and so mm-hmm. the governments basically get together with this little guy and they become the naturalized and so the greaties become friend and feed technology in, and and it, and rapidly advance technology over the next 50 60 80 years mm-hmm. and uh and that that ends up being the basis to form this cross oh, cool uh governmental public private partnership situation that is majestic 13 the 13 factions from across society um where oh. people get drawn in to then go and fight against these alien monsters um, who are sort of the the vanguard force that, that gets sent out by by the larger alien intelligence to kind of like test the defenses and sow chaos and stuff like that
2: so there's 13 um 13 factions that kind of make up this nato-esque uh alien fighting force what uh If you're just gonna pick one of them, which one of those do you find the most interesting that you guys wrote about? Oh man, that's such an impossible. Which one's
0: your favorite child?
2: Yeah, which one's your favorite? Yeah, exactly. Right, like (laughs) your favorite. I, I,
1: I am honestly, legitimately happy about many of them. Um, and and like when I myself play, I often find myself very torn on. Sort of uh, which one I want to play because I, I like it sounds like I'm tooting around horn. Like, hey, you're the one that broke the rules, dummy. I hope you like them. Um, <laughs> but like, but I just think that they're like I, I just find their story compelling. So like, uh, for I'll, I'll say it like this: for comedy in naming award, I'm gonna pat myself on the back for Oh dear, yeah. which is the Office of the Department of Extraterrestrial uh, and Alien Research uh oh dear okay so it's which is a division of the department of the interior which is the people who oversee national parks because uh <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> where do you see bigfoot and all these other alien yeah, things yep. happening it's always in national parks right so finally the park rangers got together and we're like all right enough of this right we're gonna we're gonna we're fighting back um uh so like that's a that's a fun concept i i enjoy um the the naturalized is the group of aliens that got brought in. So if you want to actually mm-hmm. play as the grays, um, that's the, the naturalized. Um, and then site ops is my favorite, my actual favorite. Site ops is a like, hey, remember those experiments that the government did to see if people could be psychic? Yeah, they worked. Um, they can. And so you know, this is like a this is an organization that uses uh, you know psychics and psionics to to fight the aliens um who are also often psionic by the by um so yeah that's the that's that's my favorite one you, you still only get one sonic team member but i'm also a big fan of like judge dread if if that's you know like 2000 mm-hmm. ad yeah. um and obviously like you know dread's partner is a is a minor sonic i love the idea of like minor psionics in an otherwise normal sort of uh world i just think it's like a cool concept uh this is something that you uh like Total Recall and something like that plays yeah. around the same space, yeah. right? Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. I just, I just think it's a neat idea, right? Um, so, yeah, there you go. Side Ops will be my pick. There you go. All
2: right.
0: So when I was looking at the both your your battle report that you have online, and we'll put all the links to um, the announcements that uh, Vince put out as well as the battle rep in the comments below. But um, when I was looking at the battle rep, I got some real strong Frostgrave vibes from it more so than XCOM um, just because of the factions that you have and that you basically, um, you know, you, you kind of put it together and then you, you, you're you going out and the way that the roles work, the way that the, you know, the the activations worked and stuff like that, it really felt a, a lot like Frostgrave. A, a, have you played Frostgrave? And B, did that kind of come into the design a little bit? Some of that, um, you know, it's miniature agnostic. It's, you um, Kind of rules light that lets you play in the narrative space as well with miniatures you know so
1: yeah yeah so no is a short answer not really Now, i have i played frostgrave yes and i Mm -hmm. like frostgrave i like the design i think he's actually an amazing game designer um and i have a lot nothing but absolute respect for Mm -hmm. frostgrave and stargrave as games i purposely try not to ever draw on you know anything in particular like Mm our process is pretty, is, is pretty set to, to divorce us from any other particular game um, because the way that we work is we start from a set of guiding principles, which is like half sentences, half word cloud, but we write down five or six sentences wherein we're like, this is the, this is the core conceits of the game. So like asymmetrical mm-hmm. was, was one of the things, right? And uh, like focus on ranged combat, The alien should be far more deadly than any individual person, uh, you know, like covert and, uh, government, uh, you know, close ties to government and everything that will mean. Mm. Right. And so all the, then all the brainstorming that comes out of those five lines or whatever the guiding principles were originally is then like, then I just start scheming up like, okay, from these five things, what is the natural outgrowth of mechanics? Like a, a similarity with both Frostgrave and this game you use the d20, which is fairly unusual in skirmish war games, right? Um Now, yeah. that's a fluke. I, I used the d20 because it was the die I needed to use, given the other th- things that my design was necessitating. Like I had originally actually wrote written up the very first version uh, to like when I was sketching out the mechanics, it was you to use a D10, but mm. then that ended up just not working mathematically. And so it moved up to a d20. So again, stuff like that, it ends up being, I I'm happy for the for the analogy. I'd love to think I can mm-hmm. I can create a game that's as good as Rossgrave, um which is just a tremendously fantastic game. So So um
2: based on what you just described to this kind of sounds like you start from kind of some sounding bites and then you you form it as you go. Now that you now that it's out the book's there, you guys have spent, you know, a year or so kind of refining it. What would you say is a game mechanic in here that makes it feel different than others?
1: bureaucracy so again that grows straight out Mm -hmm. of the of those original guiding principles because that's that fifth thing i mentioned like government close close ties to government and everything that means because you've got 13 jockeying organizations and lots of different teams all within those individual factions Mm -hmm. right um and and you've got ties with government if you've ever worked with the government you know that bureaucracy and red tape is like (laughs) just part and parcel of the gig right and you're talking to two it,
0: guys who work in DC right now. So yeah. yes, yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> exactly absolutely so. no. <laughs> and,
1: and And that's just it. It's not always bad. It's just it's necessity, right? Because it's just it mm-hmm. has to be there sometimes to to manage the volume, right. Mm-hmm. And so the bureaucracy was such an integral part to the game in the way that it, it it rears its head in multiple points throughout the the gameplay. Um When you're initially going on your mission, you make a bureaucracy role to see if you got bad information right like Mm -hmm. what's different about the mission than what you were told like oh on the telephone game of the mission briefing as it passed from like analyst to analyst to analyst to you right what eventually got changed so the monster could be stronger or weaker the situation could be different the terrain could be different than what your your advanced intel says and all of that right and then at the same time when you then are done with the mission and successful in campaign mode and you're now trying to like requisition new gear and upgrades and stuff like that you've got to make a bureaucracy roll to see like if you can get the thing you requested or if your request just kind of fizzled out yeah, yeah. It just disappears off into the ether right that <laughs> yeah. uh sits in somebody's inbox never to be answered again
0: Tom so, edna's so, table
1: right exactly so so <laughs> that kind of stuff to me is really critical because it makes you feel like you're you're actually playing i, I like mechanics that bring the narrative to life mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. right when you can get that sort of um that sort of synergy between uh the overall story you're trying to tell and then how the mechanics express that narrative because i i a lot of people see those two things as completely separate they'll be like oh i only like i you know i care about the fluff and the story of the thing like right i'm really into like 40k is a great example of this where people are like i love the lore i care about Mm -hmm. the game and it's like well no i mean the the things are they feed each other right like you read about the big awesome gun and then you play a mini if it has that gun it better be a big awesome gun right like that's right. that's a cool thing you know um uh like gene Steeler cultist little like secret covert markers they would place around and stuff like that where they could just like pop up and get people in crossfires and be hidden and stuff that's that's emergent narrative right so i love that kind mm-hmm. of stuff
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah what do you yeah, um we'll go, go ahead justin it. no oh, you're
0: right
2: I have a question about the aliens. So, you you know, right. I think bureaucracy I thought was really cool because it tied into the theme, especially mm-hmm. of, you know, a decentralized organization from 13 different factions. Of course, you're going to have telephone game problems, right? As Intel right. shared between them. Um, but with the aliens where it's kind of like this alien force, you know, this force that has come and is uh, hitting the world, There's a there are several different types of aliens and And how those play together so what are you know i asked kind of about the factions maybe i'll ask the same question with the aliens what were a couple of the aliens you thought were the most interesting
1: or unique that tied into the theme yeah sure absolutely so there are broadly there are three different types of well there are really four but there are there are three different types of of aliens okay so monstrosities who want to get in melee and just Mm -hmm. like rip you apart and, and eat your tasty insides Um, Ravagers who are like ranged hunters who want to like be very careful and methodical in how they kill you. And then stalkers who are sneaky, skulky, you know, invisible type hunters in the dark. Right. And uh and then there's also the members of force cause they, they represent there. They only show up in the special missions. You don't just like randomly trip into yeah, force, yeah. Um, but they have their own way. They work they're They're much more like, they're more like you, frankly, cause they're like an enemy conquering alien military. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the aliens themselves, uh, like the, mon- the, the sort of alien, uh, monsters that you, you end up going against, um, in most of the missions, um, were really, really fun to make. Because I thought about lots of classic movie alien monsters, of course, like, you know, and and there are many homages to uh, classic alien monsters. I won't say what any of them are, but I'll see if people can can guess, you know, what's what. Um, but but like there many of them are allusions, I, I suppose is what I would say to uh, to to, you know, aliens we know and love from from popular mm, sure. media and science fiction and stuff like that. Um, some of my favorites are like, um, I really like the Navy warrior. He's the one who showed up in the battle report. Ironically, mm-hmm. I just I rolled him. Um, and I, he's one of my favorites um, based on a very classic thing. Uh, and but there's also just like weird monsters, just like really, really, really weird, like generally the weirder they are the more unusual they work like the terraformer that just walks around and turns everything into dangerous terrain and starts causing damage and, and like makes it very hard for your people to operate with the terrain. It's just a lot of fun because it changes the yeah. way you, you want to play the game. Normally you want to get into cover. You want to hide. This guy's going to flush you right out of there because all that, it'll just start killing you. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you get like, what is it? 1d6. If you end your turn in terrain. Yeah. I, terrain. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it'll just start, start damaging you, but there's, there's a lot of fun throughout there. And the, the key was, and, and I'll admit it is some of the, like, you know, the learning curve for this is, is, is the enemy AI. One of the challenges when you write solo and co-op games is, is that you don't have a game master, right? I don't have somebody who can just be like, well, the dragon does this, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and whatever, right? So you yeah, have to have yeah. some kind of AI for it. And so the, there's a general AI, and then that's going to map onto the, the alien that's going to then want to do, you know, one thing or another based on its, uh, its own sort of internal logic. And that can be some of the biggest sort of challenge for, for when, when you first start playing, that's the learning curve. Everything else is really, really dead simple. Um, This is, it's not hard. We tried to make it very logical. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked a lot on the AI to make it logical, but it's the, it is the learning curve, if there's anything.
2: Yeah, I like the designer notes that you have in the columns too. Mm-hmm, like, uh, too. you know, for example, with cover, it's like, look, it doesn't have to be complicated. If it looks like they're
1: in cover, they're in cover. If not, yes. they're not. <laughs> yeah, famously. So so I have the... the, the we always are going to design our books like that. I'm a huge fan of designer notes in general, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. um, Like, I believe that the best way you can eliminate confusion in your rules, because there is no way to speak in language or to write language that is 100% clear. It just mm-hmm. can't happen, right? Like, that's not how language works. We all... It's it's not a precise yeah. enough thing Yeah, pen is blue. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not math, right? And so... Um, the, the clearest way you can then be is you have to write things in sort of rules language, but then we leave ourselves space. And that's always the way we lay out our books to have these side columns where I can just speak in normal. Hey, it's basically just me going, Hey reader, let's just talk like humans for a minute. Okay. Here's what I intend with this. All right. Here, here is the clearly stated intention. Don't be a jerk. You know, don't be gamey. (laughs) Um, you know, this is what I mean. This is how you should play. And stuff like that yeah and like cover i think the i think the header on the the cover section is i hate cover because i do i hate designing cover in, in miniatures games it's such a horrible horrible rule because it's so obvious and feels so real like yes of course you would you would get behind cover right like if, if bullets yeah. flying. but it's so hard to educate because of the nature of line of sight and what you want to do and you got to build your whole game around assuming that like people are going to be in this and you know obviously even video games have handled cover very differently
0: uh, mm-hmm. and
1: I would argue that the the my all my favorites don't have basically cover at all other than hard walls. Like I am a bullet hell doom player from back in the day. Yeah. I am not a chest high wall mass effect or whatever that I don't know if that know if that was those games. Gears of War, Gears of War. There you go. That's yeah, yeah. Gears of War is like a you're desperately in love with chest high walls that you move between carefully throughout the whole game. So, you know, um yeah, I, I think that that kind of stuff is good. Just speak plainly. So
0: yeah yeah so um, this has campaign mode yep versus mode solo mode co-op mode right which I mean I guess you could play all of those in sort of campaign mode if you want. Um, what where does this game shine is it in the p is it is, is it in the PvP is it in the co-op is it in the solo mode like where where does this game like I'm sure everybody's gonna find enjoyment in, in you know maybe not everybody but someone will find their niche. And, you know, like, I really love the co-op. It's amazing. But, like, where do you feel this game really shines?
1: I really think that the, the solo and co-op, but especially the co-op, is really the, the some of the most fun ways to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot of fun to have two teams or to split up control of a single team um with somebody and go in and and play against these aliens and 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 you know try to meet these challenges because they are all each alien is sort of a different puzzle of you're trying to like figure out the AI and what the thing's going to do and move appropriately and who do I have to sacrifice or whatever to get the alien to move where I want it to move you know (laughs) like like you're trying to bait the alien into a particular move so then you can counter it and so on and I think that is really where the game shines you know, this one isn't really like the versus is there. It's there because sometimes people want to play against each other and that's fine. We always want to facilitate that, but it's really not the focus of this one. This is, mm-hmm. this one is very much solo and, and co-op focused. Uh, But stay tuned. Our next game, you're going to have some versus fun for sure. Okay. So.
0: Right. so let me, let me ask you about the campaign. Um, You said, you know, you, you play, you play a couple of missions and then once you level up, you, um, trigger an event or basically yep. a mission that you have to work through, right? Um that reminds me of Warcry, right? With uh in the in the first uh Warcry you had your convergence missions that you yep. um kind of had to play to get through to make it to the you know the next progression. Um how many games how many games would you say you need to play to finish the campaign? 18. Is- 18. Okay.
1: 18, well, I mean like assuming you don't get horribly wiped at some point in time and then fail cool. and everybody dies and then and all your clones totally go wrong because like there is you, we, people can die it, it can happen but that's okay. Yeah. You know, Majestic 13 has cloning facilities and stuff like that and um so you don't always get a perfect clone but you get a clone. So they're they're mostly they're mostly okay. Um and there are different facilities you can get in your base and and rules you can take that will that will increase your chances of getting a good clone or stuff like that. Right. Or not dying. Um, But yeah, it's the, the, the sort of normal, you could keep going and fighting in programmatic uh, uh, um, games after that, but like 18 games is, will get you to the end of the story arc.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And how long does like a normal game take you?
1: about 30 to 45 minutes usually it's not we try to write all our games so they play about 30 to 45 minutes that feels the most comfortable to me i want to make it worth your time for like setting up the game board and the terrain Mm -hmm. right if that makes sense like if it's a five minute game or a 10 minute game it's not actually worth your time to set up you know but i also very much value that like full-on war games that take two plus hours three plus hours you know like I mentioned that Dune game earlier, I love it, but that's like a 5-6 hour game if you've yeah. got a full full group of people, right? That is not a that's a night. Like yeah, you're well, you're like, "Alright, we're committing."
0: We okay. Got Twilight Imperium yeah, game. Yeah,
1: Twilight Imperium like yeah. a day and a half. <laughs> right, exactly. Like yeah. and that stuff's great, but like let's be real, that means you have to you have to have like a day set aside where yeah, your partner yeah. is like, yeah, you're good. You, you go game for the day. I've got the kids or, or, or whatever, Just right. Shelling
2: out brownie points. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Whereas with something like this, it's, you know, you can do it over a lunch break easily. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's, I, I want to make lunch break games, you know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Mark Wade. I'm also a comic nerd. So I mean, which is like I said, like look, when I say my levels of nerddom, there's really knows no bounds. Mark Wade always famously said, "Other writers write uh, comics that you you can read when you're taking a number two. My goal is to write comics that you can read while you're while you're doing a number one." You know, he meant like he was trying to be really to the point and short, right? And and so like I just had your wall, yeah, 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 but yeah, Yeah. Uh, so but like. But I, but I appreciate that, like, is you know, that that like I want things to be, uh, worth it, but but have brevity, if that makes mm-hmm.
2: sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, it's funny you say thirty to forty-five minutes. That means if Jason and I play it the first time, it's going to take us like three hours. Yeah, like three hours. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah,
1: your first game may take a little bit longer. To be yeah. fair, but yes, that's. You know, I, I, we, obviously we did a lot of play testing as we always do for, for the launch. Sure. And yeah, the, our, our average time was usually 30 to 45 minutes once we know the rules.
0: Cool. So a funny story, the first time, so this is 20, what is it? Christmas 2018, maybe. Yeah. 2018. It was yeah, Christmas probably. 2018. Yeah. We got AOS models because I had gone to Nova open and I had painted the models and I'm like, okay, well sure. now we got to play these. Right. Sure. And so <laughs> we played um, like, I think we had two eight hundred point armies or five hundred no, point was, It was five hundred points. Yeah. Five hundred really points. Really... It took us three hours to play. <laughs> three and <a> half hours <laughs> Well, it was funny because
2: our first term, we're like, okay, all right, um, this guy moves forward. Okay, he's gonna attack. And we're like, Okay, how do you attack? How do you attack? Sure, you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, How do you attack? Yeah. But yeah, you know, once you what you're
0: doing,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah, so it was it was pretty funny because we we always laugh about how it took us, you know. The same amount of time to play a five hundred point game as we were playing in tournaments later, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> playing
2: 1500 point games later,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. That's that's always the way it is. Always, with game, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. But, um, but I mean, for me though, looking over these rules, one of the things that you know, I mean, <clears throat> we have our weekly War uh, War Cry segment that we do, or not weekly, sorry, monthly, our monthly yeah. War Cry uh, segment that we do, right? So we're um, and you know we I, we help run tournaments for Warcry and all that kind of stuff. We play Kill Team, we play Frostgrave, we do this. So I'm used to now like being able to digest um, skirmish game rules pretty quickly. And yeah. one of the things that I loved about your book, and I'm actually gonna pull it up on the on the screen here, is so that we can kind of show. Um, <clears throat> it's um, by the way, Majestic 13. I think is an amazing call to the Majestic 12 document.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's you obviously know, what we're referencing. So and uh, another yeah. fun conspiracy theory. You'll there's actually a couple different conspiracy theories kind of woven throughout here, but yes, yeah. absolutely.
0: It's great. So um again, nice table of contents you got here. But the thing that I loved, a great little background. Um, you just get into here and like look, I mean, it's super easy to read glossary, you know. You get down into examples of play, and here I'm gonna actually pull on what I like. Right, right here are stats, right? Um, you say, okay, here are the stats. Here's the acuity, combat, dexterity. Like, it's really easy to digest. Like, I could, I, I was kind of like scrolling through this when I first got it, just to be like, okay, what am I dealing with here? Right. Like, I just want to kind of um, just get a broad sense of what this is. And I'm like, okay, got it. Okay, got it. Okay, got it. Right. Like, I was finding myself not having to dig that much deeper because. It was very clear. It, was, it wasn't it was too complicated. It was simple and easy to digest. And I think that um, a new skirmish gamer could pick up this game and be playing within 30 minutes. You know, I really do.
1: That's wonderful to hear. And, and it really is always our goal. Like, we want to be new player friendly. Adam and I both have a passion for, you know, bringing new people into the hobby. I think it's critical to all of us that we, we keep bringing in new people. And and whether that means bringing somebody over from an existing larger war game who's like, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like painting another 2000 points or something. I want to I have fun and just paint up a, a war band or, or try some different systems. Or whether that means it's someone's very first time, you know, dabbling in the space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to make it something that they can and just easy. So we actually put a lot of thought and time into things like the layout, the font mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I know it all seems stupid. But like we we really do think and talk about that stuff a lot mm-hmm. during design mm-hmm. to make sure that it's going to be like readable and we get feedback from lots of different editors and and, and people we have multiple editors who, who who work with the product and uh who who also then provide us feedback of like actually this isn't clear enough this needs to be like this and so on and so forth so
0: um, I will say like. I do like your font. It seems simplistic, but that is so good. Cause like I'll pull open my, crack open my Warhammer 40k core book and the font's really small and it's fancy sometimes. And you're like, man, I feel like I've read this paragraph three times and I'm still working my way through it, you know? Um, But being able to, to do this, this is an example too, for, for those who are watching the video Um, on the left here, we have one of these, um, designer notes, right. That basically talks about like, this is why is defense different. And, um, you know, so it's obviously calling out to, to defense and, and, and why it's different than the other scores. And so, I mean, this is how this whole book is though, is like you, you get into it and you see these little designer notes on the side that really, really help clarify things. Again, easy to read, easy to find things. I don't, um, one of the things jason and i talk about all the time how um rpg rule books when you uh go through them you're like why isn't the thing that we need to find where it should be like it's always hidden in another Mm -hmm. section somewhere else you Mm -hmm. know and and it's, it's just like sometimes they're hiding elsewhere i didn't find that same um issue with this with this book right like i the the stats and combat stuff they were all in the combat section, which is where it needed to be, you know. And and right. um, like it just uh, it was it was simple and easy to use, and I think that that serves it well as a nice skirmish game for sure.
1: That's fantastic to hear, and and, and very rewarding because again, it's it's a it's a major focus. So I'm very glad to hear that.
2: Yeah, I think you're. Uh, the other thing I struggle with a lot with um, RPG books is some of them just have horrible indexes. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this one i don't even need it because the glossary or the table of context tells you exactly where you need to go like mm-hmm. like justin said i probably read i read everything i needed to know to play and i watched your battle well i watched your battle report and then i opened up the pdf and in about 15 minutes i was like okay i could sit i could sit down and play this game right now Mm-hmm
1: yeah and like i I mentioned we have a pretty refined system for making these like but by the time i'm getting to actual writing so putting something into a a digital document right it's gone through principles outline mechanic review sketch primary loop you know sort of pre-alpha testing stuff like that and then by the time i sit down to start writing i actually adam and i meet weekly and we review everything that's written and then we say okay is this clear um, do we, what, do we need a sidebar here for this? So I'm actually writing the sidebars as I'm writing the rules, right? Like at that early stage, I'm, yeah, I'm crafting most of these things. So I know we're going to need space to, to give some mm-hmm. extra, to, to, put some extra spin on this ball, right? We got to put some extra English on it, right? <laughs> this is a more complicated concept. This is going to require a, a deeper explanation. So we're, we're trying to, to think about that, you know, from moment one, like from the jump, that's part of our, our process. Right. right
0: um yeah that's that's awesome now i'm going to shift gears just really quickly i know we're kind of getting up close to time but i've i've got uh another question i have to ask you this is a miniature agnostic game you can play with any miniature you have they could be 40k models they could be maybe not age of sigmar models that'd be a little weird but um you know 40k models they could be you know all sorts of stuff yeah heck jason even showed me a great Walmart container that had like maybe fifty pieces of army green men yeah, that yeah, you yeah. could use in there. The you know, perfectly, perfectly viable. Yes. Yep. There we go. <laughs> rain included. Terrain, Terrain included. Terrain
1: soldiers. The whole you got the whole shooting match right there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: you got four factions. You know, the yeah. different colors and stuff like that. So, um, but you know miniatures agnostic um you are a miniatures guy even though you may not like them in your rpg i mean you know i see a whole host of them behind you right now have you guys put any thought into coming out with your own miniatures for this game
1: For this game no because so, so here's the way we think about it okay um do these miniatures already do the miniatures already exist in a wide enough availability and military dudes and weird aliens is not a thing that the, that the world is short on right now. Right. Like the supply is high. We're, we're, yeah. we're good. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, well, we actually have blog posts on the, on the uh, majestic 13 game, majestic 13 game.com. Mm-hmm. If you go there, there are blog posts. We, we, you know, regularly um, set up some different blogs. Yeah, exactly. And, so if you go into the news section there, you'll see some blogs, and in that post we have um, like blogs about uh, how to there you go yeah, how to find alien creatures, how to find models for your teams, right? And and yeah. so that like we we say hey here's a bunch of things that could work, and we try to highlight lots of different manufacturers of different miniatures, you know, down from well known stuff to to much lesser known stuff, um, and 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 make it easy because there's just a bunch out there. Right. And uh, same for, you know, what we did for Space Station Zero and things like that. Right. Um, the, the the goal is always to make sure that people can can find this stuff. Now, if we ever do a game, the, the, the running joke, by the way, on Adam's channel is robot squirrels. Like we're going to make a game of combative <laughs> robot squirrels. I don't know where I don't know. I think maybe V.J. Uh, Moore for somebody originally started that. I'm not sure. But but whatever the case. Like if we did a game like that then we would make then we would we would do miniatures sure, right because unique. there's not yeah yeah, yeah if we're going to do something truly unique. So I won't say it's something we haven't talked about of course we yeah. have the the thing that I think is and I mean y- you probably are aware of this but like making miniatures is really 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 really, really hard, right? <laughs> like if you're talking about actually making production sprues mm-hmm. That is uh, such an affair. And like the chances of us just basically bankrupting ourselves is pretty high. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, not really about that life. Like, you know, this isn't, a, this, is, this is like a third job for me. We don't, this isn't, this isn't, you know, where we both make our living. We do this for yeah. fun and because it's enjoyable. Um, but you, it would become a, a job very fast. Now, you know, maybe there's a middle ground where if we can find somebody who could work with us to make STLs or something like that. As 3d printing becomes more and more and more uh sort of i don't know what to say um ever present i guess yeah, in the world you, every day is, yeah, for sure yeah yeah prolific yeah
0: yeah and i i mean i totally I agree with you i think that you know if you're going to be well Kickstarter's all the rage for all these new mini games that are coming out right but we i mean we've done episodes on our podcast about the pitfalls of kickstarter and you know sometimes being a victim of your own success yeah um, yeah when it comes to that stuff and um sometimes you just need to be like simon level like to be able to produce sure. those types of, those types of minis right that, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what they do but um for for kind of a you know a niche game with niche models and stuff like that like it I, you know i think an stl is probably a good middle ground for what you're looking at, you know? So, yep. um, but yeah, but Vince, thank you so much for coming on the show. I do want to give you a plug. Um, folks go to snarlingbadger.com. This is where you can get your copy of majestic 13. Um, in fact, I think I went, yeah, I, I went here and then I ended up picking it up. There was a link that will take you to war game vault there. Right. And, um, so, I I just want to plug this as well. You can get the PDF only for $14. And I was about to click that so that I could instantly review the game, you know, for our, for our podcast tonight. But then I looked over to the right and $19, only $5 more plus shipping will get you the PDF and a soft cover book with everything inside that you can have with you at the table, which I very much appreciate physical copies when I'm at the table. And I don't have to play off of my laptop or iPad or whatever, yeah. I'm, whatever I'm using. Um, having that physical copy is great to be able to um, cross reference rules and resources and things like that. So I recommend getting yourself the book and PDF cause it's only $5 more. And you know, um it it looks at we we seen the copy that you have showed us on screen Vince and it's a great little great little book to to have on your shelf so
1: yeah we, we work with a really like we work with Wargame Vault they work with Lightning Source it's a very high quality printer they deliver high quality stuff and that's that's we're we're very obsessed with that this game also has cards available to uh that you mm-hmm. can also buy they're completely optional nothing required but they yep. like right all there. the monsters yeah they add on deck all the monsters and all the base uh components also have a deck of cards you can you can get those are like tarot sized really high quality printed cards so i love them um but yeah. again that's it's you know we we try to keep the games cheap because we again we want to make these accessible right like it's not we're not doing this for a living we're, we're doing this because we, we have a passion for these games and want to make fun games people enjoy playing
0: yeah well i'm personally glad that you came on the show and talked to us about this i um uh, i'm really excited to play it uh, we just Jason and I just need to find some time to get together yeah, and yeah. and put it on the table. But I'll break uh, out my army, men.
2: That's right. There you go.
0: <laughs> that's right. I've got uh, I've got some um, veteran guardsmen from the Death Corps of Krieg that I think would fit this model very well, right? Perfect. So, yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to to putting those out. And I've got some orcs that we could use as monsters. Why not? Right?
2: There you
0: Perfect. go. So, yeah, all right. Cool. But uh, yeah, Vince, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Do you have any parting thoughts that you would like to give our audience before we, before we close down?
1: No, check out the site, check out the game. I've got battle reports on my channel on YouTube. Adam also has information on it on his channel on Tabletop Minions. My channel is just under Vincent Venturella. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Warhammer Weekly um that'll you know sort of if you want to i share pictures of miniatures and whenever we're doing videos and and stuff information about the games and we're working on all those kinds of things but i just want to thank you both for having me on it's absolute pleasure lots of fun to just sit here and nerd out with both of you
0: yeah (laughs) we love it this is yeah this is why we do the show just to nerd out so it's good times so thank you so much again and uh everybody who's interested check out the links uh in the description below they'll take you everywhere that vince was talking about so Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you all at the tables. Have a good night.
2: See ya.